0: You've heard us talk about the impact that masterminds and events can have on your business. It's why we talk about the Copywriter Think Tank so often. It's why we organize retreats and IRL events just about every year. And we don't just say that because we produce our own events. From the very beginning of the Copywriter Club, Kira and I have both belonged to several masterminds from experts like Brian Kurtz, Jerisha Hawk, and Todd Brown. And we've attended events around the country to add to our own business and copywriting skills. Hi, I'm Rob Marsh, one of the founders of the Copywriter Club. And on today's episode of the Copywriter Club podcast, my co-founder, Kira Hug, who I just mentioned, and I talked about the four events that we've attended over the past two weeks. The Copy Legends Lock-In, the Top One Mastermind Retreat, the Copywriter Club in Real Life in London, and our own Think Tank Retreat in London. We're sharing our biggest takeaways and what we learn from these awesome experiences. So you're going to want to stick around and listen to this episode. But first, this episode of the Copywriter Club podcast is brought to you by the Copywriter Underground. It is truly the best membership for copywriters and content writers. I've mentioned a few times in the past, just let me give you a quick idea of what you get for $87 a month. First, there's the monthly group coaching call with Kira and me where you get answers to your business or copywriting questions, advice for overcoming any challenge that you have, whether it's in your business or with clients or writing. There are weekly copy critiques where we give you feedback on your copy or your content. There are regular training sessions on different copy techniques and business practices designed to help you get better we're adding a new monthly ai tool review this month where we share a new ai tool or technique or prompt that you can do with ai tools like ChatGPT and claude or specifically built ai tools just to get more done Uh, In This month, we also have a networking event to help you build your own network by introducing you to a bunch of different copywriters uh, through a speed dating application that we use occasionally. That's on top of the massive library of training and templates and the community that's full of copywriters ready to help you with just about anything, including sharing leads, which can come in real handy from time to time. To find out more about the Copywriter Underground, go to thecopywriterclub.com forward slash TCU. And with that, let's get to our discussion for some of what we've learned over the past couple of weeks. Okay, Kira, we are it's just you and me today. Uh but we've been up to a lot of stuff. Lots been going on the last few weeks. So, uh, let's let's kick it off. You know, where do you where do you want to start with all the stuff that's been going on?
1: <laughs> I think we should just start with health. I mean, you're you're I'm, I'm seeing you on the screen and you have a heat pad on your shoulder yep. and you're in pain. And I think we should talk about just how physically we, we have been traveling a lot. I don't know if that necessarily is what triggered your pain, definitely triggered my cold. Um, but I'm a little worn out. I know you're a little worn out. What's going on with your, your arm and shoulder right now?
0: Yeah, well we got uh, you know we were in london for an irl which we'll talk about and for a retreat but uh i went in a few days early just to um, do a little bit of traveling around england with my wife and some friends we have there and i woke up sunday morning in just massive pain it was uh i I seriously like the most pain i've ever felt could barely move like hard to dress myself it was uh, it was awful and um I didn't really know what was going on, I kind of felt a little bit better the next day. Uh, although it kind of hurt all week long. I didn't want to go to the emergency room um, simply because we were on vacation. We had our friends there. Then we had the retreat and everything that was going on without it. So once I got home, uh, got to my doctor, um, he has diagnosed me with a slip disc, which I guess the the medical term for it is a C5 cervical radiculopathy. Uh, and it's just a slip disc and it is incredibly painful. Um, I mean, I've got some physical therapy that I'm working on trying to fix it. You know, hopefully we don't need surgery, but um, it was a really, I, I wrote this in an email. It's a really good reminder of when people are feeling pain, how desperate they are for solutions. And, you know, this is something we talk about in copywriting all the time. You know, you want to you start by focusing in on the pain or the problem or the thing that they need. And the the more um, impactful, the the deeper felt pains that people have, um, you know, we we help them identify what that is. We empathize with the pain that they're feeling, and then present solutions. You know, if a doctor had come along while we were in the retreat, you know, with a unique mechanism, said, "Hey, I understand what you're going through. You know, it's this, this, and that, and my solution does this, and you'll be." Fixed up and healed in you know a week or two. I would have I would have paid any amount of money for that solution. And so, um, yeah. So that's what's going on with me. And I'm hoping over the next few weeks that uh, that gets fixed and I'm back to normal. We'll see. I haven't been able to go running for a couple of weeks. I'm really feeling that lack of exercise. Um, you know, I can't I can't really lift weights uh, with this going on. So uh, I'm just kind of um, yeah doing the the exercises the physical therapist gave me and uh, trying to make it better. Um, but I'm not the only one that's been suffering. You didn't slip a disc, but I oh, uh, spent goodness. some time in bed the last couple of weeks too. So this so is grateful. this is a horrible way to start a podcast, by the way.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's real life. It's real life, and um, you know, I'm grateful I did not slip a disc. That sounds awful. I, you know, I think for me it was just it caught up with me. My schedule's been very strict with like getting up really early and I, I think I've been okay for a while but the travel is like what did me in <laughs> and I think just that's threw me off so when we were in Orlando I was fine you and I were running together that was our high moment we yeah were,
0: right we were yeah, running everything around was fine Orlando. In, in Orlando we went for a run and, and yeah
1: things were great things were great and then after we left Orlando that's when I started to fall apart and came home to Maine for one weekend and to plan a sleepover and i just couldn't do anything and then i felt awful cuz my husband you know has been taking care of the kids and i come home and i'm like i still can't take care of anyone i'm just need to be in bed and then you and i went to london after that and so i never fully recovered i think it was just like bursts of energy to just show up especially at our events in london um luckily like i could rest enough to feel good to host those with you and enjoy them so i'm glad that i can could be there and enjoy I had moments where I was like, I don't know if I can pull this off. Um, But luckily we did. So, I mean, I think it's just the lesson of like recovery is important. Rest is important. I'm never going to schedule back-to-back trips again. I just, it doesn't make sense for me and my life right now, but that's just what I did. It seemed like a good idea at the time when we planned it.
0: Yeah, I mean, and nothing to take nothing away from the events. I mean, all of the events were were great. But this is just a a reminder of, you know, some of the the hassles that we have when we run our own businesses, you know, oftentimes, you don't have the luxury of not showing up, uh, you know, whether it's for a client or whether it's for something else that's going on. You still have to make that stuff happen, and uh, obviously there are a lot of positives to running your own business. But this is definitely one of the drawbacks. And occasionally, business is hard; things aren't going well, and you still have to show up. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, we showed up in a way that was meaningful for everybody who was at the event, uh, and and our mastermind, and you know the, the various things that we were doing.
1: Yeah, I got to the point where I was fantasizing, like when I was laying in bed in London the first day. I was like, okay, if I can't do this rob could do it before i knew you had a slip disc rob could do it with linda like they'll be okay it'll be okay but yeah it's just gotta step up and do it and also it's just a good reminder that we're human we're only human and that's you know definitely a struggle i have where i think i'm superwoman and then i'm brought to my knees when I'm reminded that I'm not, and that's definitely been the last few weeks where I was like, oh yeah, I can't do all the things. Um, so I need to just chill out a little bit and scale back.
0: So rest is important. Yep. So uh, hopefully we're both able to get enough rest while we are actually working on all of the stuff that's gotta happen now because we've been gone, been gone been for two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. Now there's all this stuff that we're getting ready for, um, you know, coming up. Uh, I know, we maybe want to talk about some of these things in depth, but one of the things we've got coming up immediately is sort of a year end planning that we have done successfully in the underground uh, a few times. And we want to make it available to everybody who listens to the podcast or who's in the free Facebook group, or who is on our emailing list. Uh, Talk a little bit about some of the things that we're thinking about with that year end planning and what, why that's so important for uh, copywriters.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been working on the, the sales page for it. And I think this every year it's important. Every every year we have a lot of engagement. This year we're gonna take what we've done, which I think has been successful, but it's been, um, I guess like in a way kind of basic. And we're gonna take that and um, turn it into an actual an actual program, like more of an incubator for a couple of weeks where we kick off with a group session where we dive deep into reflection and really thinking about what has happened this past year and starting to think about what is going, to, we're going to prioritize in the year ahead, but doing it as a group, because this is hard. It's hard to do and it's not fun to do alone. Some of it we need to do alone, but the whole idea is we're about community and we're about doing this together. So I think that live component where we are in it together, becoming friends, like building connections, but also thinking strategically about your business and your growth and thinking about growth in a number of ways, not just financial growth, which we know is important, but thinking about how other types of growth that are important to you as a a person and um, are critical in the year ahead. And then we'll follow that with sprint exercises where you'll actually walk through SWOT analysis, choose an objective, walk through measurable outcomes, and build out a plan for the year ahead. We'll mostly focus on going really micro with the first quarter of 2024, but we'll also have a high-level plan for the entire year. And the importance of it is just, you know, our world as writers um, has changed dramatically. And I know we probably say that every year, but it really has this past year. A year ago, ChatGPT came into the world. And so everything is is different and we need to think differently and be more proactive because our day-to-day is full of surprises. <laughs> Every day there's a new tool or update or change to how we operate. And so it's it's just time to really think about, okay, what does this mean for me as a writer, as a thinker, as a strategist, as a creative and a visionary? How am I gonna show up in my business? How am I gonna get paid? And um, be really intentional about it in this container together so that you don't just have to think about it in a silo. You can actually pull ideas from other people and share ideas and get feedback and not feel like you have to figure this out alone because it can feel really lonely, especially if you're the only entrepreneur in your, you know, your circle at home. Um, This is a chance to do this with a group.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, you know we've done it in the past as a challenge or as a training in the underground. And we've, the feedback we've gotten from it has been very positive. Uh, people who really appreciate you know being able to look forward actually walk away with a plan. They know exactly what they should be doing from week to week. They know exactly what they're building over the course of the coming year. It's not going to be free, but it's also going to be priced. Uh, I, I think relatively low so that as many people as possible can participate. Um, It really is, I think, one of the most valuable things that we've done uh, for our membership group, and we want to extend that out to as many people as possible who want to participate in that. So you can look forward to seeing some things about that. Uh, If you're not on the Copywriter Club email list, we encourage you to uh, join that so that you get those notifications, or you can look for it in the free Facebook group, uh, and we'll try to make sure that you hear about where you can find out more uh, as soon as that information is ready to go.
1: Awesome. Yep. Excited to see you all in there. And then beyond that, another update is just that we are putting um, a group together in our Think Tank Mastermind uh, that will kick off officially in January. And so we're inviting new members this November and December um, through you know, different conversations. We definitely want to meet with you and chat with you before we invite you into the group just to make sure it's a good fit for you and for our the Think Tank. And that's something that we're really excited about starting in January, mostly because we just came from London where we had our Think Tank retreat. And so we got to spend some time with our Think Tank members. And that was definitely a highlight for me. It made a, it made the trip worth it. And so we're excited to kick off this new group of Think Tank members um, who will experience retreats together and private coaching with us and group coaching And really uh, figure out the plan for the year ahead, but also have the accountability baked in and the personal coaching, private coaching to actually put that plan into action. So that's something you're going to hear about a little bit more over the next few months as well.
0: And then finally, we are working on a copy bootcamp. Some of you may know that we've created or are still in the process of uh, finishing up a copy course, our approach to copywriting and research. Uh, there were a few people who joined when we offered this to our email list as just early adopters, you know, to see the, the beta round. And we've been releasing a few of the modules uh, to them. They've already seen most of the research modules. The copy modules are coming out in the next week or so. And then we're going to uh, have a boot camp where people can use that information to actually create a piece of copy. That they can then use to land clients. If you, you know, are always thinking like, I need a sample to show, or I don't have an, you know, I want to move from say blog post to sale sales type copy, you know, whether it's email or sales pages, or whatever. But I don't have anything that I can show my clients to show them that I can actually do this. This would be a really good opportunity to use the research frameworks and the copywriting frameworks that we'll share in order to create copy like that uh, so that you can use that as a sample and and use it to build your business and so we'll also be sharing some information about the copy boot camp where it's and it's not just the course materials but we will actually help you think about uh the right approach to your copy how you're writing it can give you some one-on-one uh, criticism critiques uh ideas for doing things a little bit differently as well as bouncing ideas around with the others who will be in that bootcamp with you. So uh, look out for more information about that coming up.
1: All right. So now we just want to share some takeaways since we were both, you know, in the middle of multiple events with other brilliant marketers and copywriters and entrepreneurs. And so I think I'm just now processing everything that we experienced and the the takeaways. But we Rob and I haven't actually sat down to talk through it yet. So we're just going to use this time to talk through what stood out to us, what we might want to consider or implement or what we think would be useful to other copywriters and just do it in real time, record it and share it with you. So uh, I'm excited, Rob, to hear what you know, what you took away from the last few weeks.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we had really three different events. Uh, One was the Copy Legends lock in. That was a one day event where Todd Brown Uh, invited, I think he invited, extended invitations to like 30 different copywriters. There were, I think, 19 of us in the room uh, just to talk about what's going on in the world of copywriting today, what's working, what's maybe not working. And we talked through things like, you know, leads, ad ideas, uh, you know, different approaches to what people are doing. We talked about research. And so there there were so many things shared and so many different ideas uh, that, uh, it's, it's almost impossible to give that full wrap up of all of those things, but I did have a couple of takeaways and I know you had uh, several as well. Um, you know, it was, it was kind of fun. I was uh, sitting next to Tony Flores who uh, worked with Clayton make I think a lot of people have seen the PDF that Clayton and Tony worked on about bullet writing. Uh, it's very popular. Uh, it's been shared millions of times, it's pretty easy to find online, but it's really they outlined, I think 20 or 21 different kinds of bullets in this newsletter that is out there. And I was talking with Tony, you know, between some of the sessions and I mentioned to him that the week before I had taken all of that information that he had put into that PDF, you know, about writing bullets and all of the examples. And I had created sort of a a mega prompt and fed it into Claude for a client project that I was working on and asked it to use that information plus all of the research information that I fed it in order to help me write some bullets for this project. And what I got back, uh, you know, it gave me a hundred headlines and I got back 23 that I was really impressed with and started using you know, as copy points or as bullets in my copy or even as some of them as headlines uh, throughout the copy and uh, shared that with Tony and. Uh, he he thought that was kind of cool. He, you know, at the time, he's like, ah, that actually gives me some ideas of some of the stuff that, like, yeah, we can reuse some of that uh, stuff with AI. Um, that wasn't even part of like what was going on in the discussion. So it was just sort of a side conversation. But it was kind of fun to uh, just bounce some additional ideas around with these amazing copywriters who, you know, decades of experience uh, selling products in new and unique ways.
1: Yeah, there's so many great conversations from that day. So I'm just going to highlight a couple ideas that stood out to me. One is from Justin Goff, who's been on the podcast and is actually going to return soon. And he talked about how he surveys his audience. And I know, Rob, you're on his list. So you've seen these surveys. And the whole idea is that it's to test different offers to see what his audience is interested in buying. And so The question, each question in the survey would just be kind of an introduction to an offer like, hey, here's an offer. It's um, a course about eating Oreos. Are you it's would you be. interested? Sign me
0: up. Sign me up for that course right now.
1: Would you be interested in buying this? Yes or no. And there's like maybe a little explanation of what is in that offer. But that's it. And he lists a bunch of those different offers with yes or no responses and he said that based off that survey which he's done a couple of times um, it's interesting because the number of people who buy those offers actually matches the you know the percentage of people who said they were interested in those offers so he found that it actually is quite accurate at predicting which offers will perform the best for his audience so that's something that grabbed my attention right away and so we put together a survey that's very similar I don't know if Justin would approve it or not. It's probably a little bit longer, but it's maybe eight different offers for copywriters. And just a yes or no, is this something you'd be interested in? And I'm sharing that with you um, because I think it's something that we can all do with our audiences. Like we can ask them exactly what they want you to create. And a big theme from all of the events we were at is just how the market is shifting rapidly. And what worked a year ago is not going to work today. So we need to really keep on top of changes, trends, um, beliefs, and what your audience is actually need your audience actually needs today that maybe they didn't need a week ago. So I think that type of survey, which again you can snag from our list because we just sent it out, is something that you could test for your clients or for your own business.
0: Yeah, I think there's a real opportunity for us to work with our clients to help them develop new ideas and help them create new assets in their businesses. A lot of times, you know, we wait for our clients to come to us and say, "Okay, I need a sales page for this thing that I'm doing. But if you show up as a strategist and say, you know, let's figure out what your audience needs next, you can actually help them and become a better, bigger part of their team, uh, making a bigger contribution to what they're doing. So it, it is a really good idea. Another takeaway that I had from that event, it actually was a, a conversation that I was in, there were a few of us sitting around the table at the end of the day on Thursday. Uh, and Todd was talking about, um, you know, the genesis behind copy legends. And he actually was talking about, uh, he, he went back even further to when he launched his E5 marketing method, um, which is kind of the the thing that put him on the map. And he, he was you know, talking about the approach and said, you know, when it came to something like copy legends, I knew that, you know, I couldn't just, you know, send out an email and ask people to respond, you know, with an idea or two, or I couldn't just get people on zoom, uh, you know, to do like a normal summit. He wanted to, Show up in a different way, and in a big way that would get attention. And so, you know, he prepared these packages that went out to all of the copywriters who were invited. That included, you know, notebooks and promotional materials and whatever. And then they they hired or or, or rented this mansion where everybody came together and met. And there was, you know, a lot of socializing around the whole event. And rather than just having it be this thing about copy, he turned it into this event that was. Big and the kind of thing that people want to attend, which um, is similar to how he launched his E5 method. When you know he had all this stuff, he's he's got this program that helps people figure out how to sell whatever it is that they're selling, whether it's a product or a, you know an information product, a physical product, a service, and you go through these five steps of the of the E5 he did something really similar. He he hired out a big hotel room. He sent out invitations to 30 or 40 high-end marketers that he was familiar with. Not all of them knew who he was. They weren't necessarily all of his friends, but um, he invited them to come and attend for free. And then he knew that because he had all of these high, these big name marketers there, uh, that just getting the, on video with them you know seeing them sitting in the audience listening to him teach would help build his credibility and i think that was one of the things that re- he did early on that really launched him from just one of those marketing guys who is uh, you know able to help anybody do you know the funnel thing into one of four or five people who is best known for the things that they do and so he kind of replicated that first thing in the second thing and i think the takeaway there is if you want to be noticed you have to show up different you need to look for the pattern interrupt you need to do something different and while it's okay to you know guest on podcasts and post on linkedin and show up on instagram it's the things that you do different that really stand out, and that doesn't mean we should all be hiring out, you know, hotel rooms and creating courses for, you know, marketers, whatever. That there's a lot of stuff that has to go into the behind the scenes on that, but there are things that we can do to show up differently from what other people are doing. You, you used to do this when you would show up in your bear costume on client calls sometimes. care. I mean, it's it's silly, but it's different and it gets noticed, right? And so there are lots of different ways that copywriters, I think, ought to be thinking about showing up in different ways that break through.
1: Yeah, different and different is often difficult too. And I think it doesn't have to be. So I don't want to put that barrier up to say it has to be difficult. But for Todd and those examples, like planning an in-person event is more difficult typically. And so, I mean, but it's not a bad idea because that is still different. And right now there's still a craving I mean, we felt it in the, the last few rooms we were in, in London and Florida, like there's this craving for people to be together right now. So even if you can't tap into that and host your own event, because logistically and financially, it's a lot. Maybe it's just showing up more in person at other events, which is not something you typically do, because there's a hunger for connection uh, that I don't think is going to go away, but there's such a hunger for it. And that's something that he tapped into with copy legends just to get us all in a room like we just wanted to be together and to have those side conversations and to not just have a dm with these other copywriters we wanted to just like hang out in a room together so um i love that idea and i didn't hear that back end story of how he did it so that's really cool to hear
0: yeah and it's funny because he even mentioned that uh he wasn't all he he didn't actually know all of the copywriters that got invited to copy legends in fact uh, I won't mention the name, but he, he said that he had introduced or, you know, the cocktail party the night before one of the copywriters that was there, um, you know, uh, Todd walked up and you he said, Hey, you know, I, uh, you know, you really helped me as I was starting out in my business, whatever. And the person said, um, who are you? And, uh, which is kind of interesting because this was, this was his event and yet these people wanted to come and participate and they didn't even really know everything about you know, Todd and, and who he was, because there was so much excitement around this event for those people that were invited. And so you don't even need to have relationships with all of these people. If you, this is a little bit of like sell the sizzle, you know, in addition to the steak, right? You, you create a little bit of a spectacle, you create a little bit of, of, um, you know, intrigue and curiosity around the thing that you're doing and people will want more of it.
1: Yeah, it's creating something beyond yourself, which I think is that's like that's the exciting part about entrepreneurship is that you could create this entity that exists and excites people and brings people together that's not necessarily connected to who you are as a person, and that's really cool. I think that's a little bit of what we did with TCC IRL uh, when we started in 2018 and continued through through London uh, last week. But it's about something that exists outside of us. Um, that connects people and gives them something um, that we can't necessarily give individually, but we can create this this feeling and this community that gives it to everyone and, and um, draws them in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Any other takeaways that you had from copy legend specifically?
1: Oh my goodness. Still so many. Uh, there were some really good quotes that I might not quite nail, but Peter Kell was there. I met him for the first time. He's a VSL Copywriter who works for uh, Mind Valley. And he said something that I wrote down, and I did not write down a lot of quotes, so it was important to me. He said, If they aren't buying, it's because they don't believe it. They don't understand the path from A to B. And that resonated with me because it's very simple. It's like if your customers aren't, your prospects aren't buying, it's not. It's just because they don't get it and they don't believe it. And so in order for them to believe it, we have to show the unique mechanism and we have to show the transformation and we have to show it in a believable way. So it clicks for them and they're like, oh, yeah, 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 this makes sense. Like, I, I, I think that could happen for me, too. And it's not easy to do that. Um, and often we overlook that step. But the way he clarified that was just very simple.
0: Yeah, there was another idea like that that, that stood out to me um, as we were talking about Facebook ads at one point. And I think this applies not just to Facebook ads, but to you know sales pages, emails. And that was the idea of giving our prospects a taste instead of a tease. And that idea was repeated several different times, but the idea being that a lot of times we we tease the offer, we tease the thing that we're selling, um, but we don't give away what it is. And a lot of people in the room were suggesting that that doesn't work as well anymore, and that what you really need to be doing is making the advertising valuable. That's a Gary Bensavenga thing. It's like you make the ad absolutely valuable so that people want to hold on to it to keep it. And that he invented the magalog, which is you know sort of that magazine it's an ad, but it feels like a magazine, It's so got so much good information in it, that you want to hang on to it. And taking that idea of making the the information you're sharing on the front, at, you know, when you're advertising, or in your lead, or in your email, um, actually sharing the thing that you're talking about. So rather than teasing it, teaching a lesson from the course or um, helping people see the, the how the mechanism works in the product that you're selling, or, uh, you know, really uh, explaining why the the thing they're struggling with, uh, what's causing that almost giving enough information that if they went with that information, they could fix it themselves. And yet you've still got a product here that will help them do it more, more quickly or more efficiently, more effectively.
1: Well, and you could say, well, if I give them everything up front, I'm going to lose them. They won't need my product. But several of the marketers in the room have tested it and shared that actually it does work if you educate and diagnose and, and share the taste up front, people actually do stick with you. And then they still purchase the product. So um, that stood out to me too. I know Rich Sheffrin mentioned Oreos. And so the whole tease versus taste concept, like it resonated with me, but when he shared the Oreo example, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This makes sense. So if you think about it in terms of Oreos, if you can just see a picture of it and it's a teaser picture of an Oreo, like, yeah, you might want it. Makes your mouth water a little bit. But most, you know, I don't know, most of us can kind of pass it up if we just have that tease. But if we taste it and we try an Oreo, um, it's really hard to stop once you have that first taste. And so that's the whole idea is give them a little taste because it's hard to stop and you're going to want more and you don't have to worry about losing that person. They're going to want more Oreos.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there are a ton more takeaways. Um, we're going to put our takeaways uh, together into a document and actually include them with that copy course that we're putting together that we uh, teased earlier uh, when we mentioned the boot camp. Um, but if you want all of our notes, our takeaways uh, from that event, um, that's one place that you'll be able to find them. Uh, we may share them other places as well, but for now, we'll share them there. So that that's Copy Legends. Then we like the next day we were in orlando for our own mastermind that we participate in with a bunch of marketers uh, who have various types of different programs some of them are selling financial software some of them are selling uh courses for coaches others who uh have um, various other kinds of businesses one uh, some new members that were there uh Teach people how to speak Italian. Uh, so, various kinds of businesses, all there just to talk about how to market better, ideas that are working. Is there anything that you took away from that top one retreat that you want to share, Kira?
1: Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, there was a good conversation around adapting to systems. Um, you know, this may or may not resonate with everyone listening because this is more if you have a team or not. And But if you're building any type of system and processes, um, that you need to adapt to. We had a whole conversation about as kind of the visionary of the business, which most of us are. Um, it's really hard sometimes to follow SOPs and not want to just kind of create on the spot and have the world revolve around us, right? We're the, we're the entrepreneur, the copywriter, we're the one running the show. And so we had a helpful conversation about that. And when, when it's actually, when we need systems to work around us, And this is where you can hire a VA and you can hire team members and and build systems that work for your unique genius or madness. Um, But then also when we need to adapt and actually adjust to systems and to team members to make it work. And so uh, there aren't really any resolutions here other than it was helpful for me to hear that there's a tension there for other entrepreneurs at different stages in business, Um, some who are 20 steps ahead of me. Um, But to know that so many of us struggle with this and so many of us are um, really struggle to kind of adapt to systems and we kind of just like break things and are very klutzy along the way and and uh, we're not alone. So I guess there was some relief there. But Rich Sheffrin again came in and he had this great comment when I was asking about how to deal with this um, and whether or not to just adapt or make systems work around me as a visionary um, and he said, the best thing you can do is hire an assistant uh, to, so you can tell that assistant something once and then you can completely forget it and then they can adapt to the systems. They can help you work within systems. And so for anyone who's more uh, maybe like creative minded and struggles with step-by-step systems and processes, like finding that person might be really critical to help you stay on track with client projects, to help you stay um, on track with your own projects so that you can get stuff done to provide that support and fill in the gaps where you drop the ball. And it's okay if you drop the ball as long as you know that you drop the ball and you have someone to come in there and support you. And that you don't have to wait till you have a million dollar business to find someone to be an assistant to you. And so I think that's something that we can all find a little bit earlier and not try to change who we are necessarily, um, but try to adapt to how we function and find those people who can support us. And so hearing Rich say that was just comforting to know that he also struggles with that.
0: Yeah. I think you might not have have heard the presentation on creating hot products and by that we mean things you know services or products that uh have almost built in demand but there was a really great presentation on that um you know where todd laid out you know what it takes to create a product that just you know sell almost sells itself you know and the criteria he laid out he, he talked about how it's rare uh oftentimes it's the first of its kind or it's the first time that it's being offered you know there's there's nothing similar out there in the marketplace that's available it's extremely difficult to replicate whether that's because the person who's putting it together is unique or the formula is different um you know you, you might have to take some thinking to really engineer that in um it gives access to your your customer um, to something that they normally wouldn't have and oftentimes it gives them bragging rights uh, and so you know participating in copy legends is sort of that kind of a thing um, but when you're able to engineer a hot product or a hot service it really doesn't require a lot of sophisticated marketing because the demand is almost already built in it, it the the, the Demand for the for buying is just there. It creates buzz on its own, and um, it makes that conversion game just so much easier. Uh, and so, gave me a lot to think about. You know, like how do we start to engineer those kinds of things into the products that we have at the Copywriter Club, but also with my clients. Uh, you know, how do we make our clients' products? that much more in demand. How do we make, you know, how do we build in that kind of demand, that first time it's being offered, that, that uniqueness, the the thing that's not available anywhere else. Um, give me a lot to, to think about for that.
1: Yeah, I miss I missed that presentation. I'm bummed I missed that. Yeah, there are a couple other conversations we had and Todd led around adapting to the market. And so I think there are a couple of questions that you probably have heard already, but are important. And so I'm going to just share a couple of those questions that I know we need to think about in our businesses. And again, our clients also need to think about this. But one is, what does your market care about today that maybe they didn't care about a month ago? And what do they not care about today? And what is your audience seeing and believing today? I think that's a really important one is like we forget that We're not marketing to a blank canvas. And so they are seeing messages and promises and ads and claims, and they're believing some of them and not believing others. And we have to be aware as marketers um, to what they are seeing and believing uh, today. And so that's an awareness that I think is really important for all of us to have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Again, lots of other things that we may share in future podcasts, so stay tuned. Um, But let's also talk about what we did in London. Uh, because there was a lot of great stuff there too.
1: Yes. So in London, we had incredible speakers. Um, I'm not going to call every single speaker. It was a a fantastic room, and it reminded me really of why we started the Copywriter Club, because as we mentioned, Rob was in pain. I was feeling really sick and wondering how I was going to get through the day. And so it was a very uplifting moment to be in a room full of Creative copywriters and people, you know, some of whom we've known for a while, some we were meeting for the first time. And to me, the biggest takeaway was just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is why we started the Copywriter Club. And also, like, this is why it's so important for all of us to get together, whether it's virtually or in person, because what we do is unique and it's not it's really hard to talk about it with neighbors and friends and other people, even other entrepreneurs. I find like, yes, it's easier to talk to them about it. Um, but we're in our own little bubble here. And so there is a lot of value in connecting with people in that bubble who understand what we're all going through. And so that was just more of a high level, like feel good takeaway. I was like, this is what it's all about. This is what it's about.
0: Yeah. We asked our friend Kennedy to come and speak. Kennedy's a mentalist and, uh, he's been on the podcast as well, uh, one half of the the duo that runs um, Email Marketing Heroes, and he stepped through the score method. Uh, and I'm not going to share what each of those steps are, but basically the idea behind this welcome sequence, you know, as people join your list, is that... The people who are joining your list, only some of them are ready to buy immediately. And oftentimes, what we do as marketers is we give them a welcome sequence. You know, we're, we're really slow in introducing our products, and uh, you know, we think, well, we'll pitch them, you know, after a few weeks or you know, maybe in a couple months, and we repeat the same offers. And uh, he he pointed out that you know, as people join our list, they are hot. They want the thing that we have to offer. Not everybody wants it right this second, but but there's a demand there. And so after those first three or four emails that are building that credibility in the welcome sequence, you immediately should go into a sales sequence and then you know that sales sequence will sell whatever your number one thing is to your audience and you know maybe maybe 10% or 20% will buy that thing that still leaves more than 80% of your audience that hasn't bought yet so what do you do with them and he basically just stepped through the different kinds of sequences that they string together so that when you join their list you're really getting like a, a 60 day uh, welcome sequence that steps through different uh, campaigns targeted to different needs. So, you know, the ready buyer gets that sales sequence, but somebody who's a little bit more reticent and needs you to build trust with them is going to get a content sequence after that. And then maybe they're going to be ready to buy. And then somebody who's, uh, you know, maybe uh, not at the right point in the business is gonna get a different kind of a sequence or a different kind of offer, or maybe they're wary. And so you need to remove the risk at some point. And so you're, you're making a different offer, same product, but different offer each different time. And each of those offers is targeted at a different buyer need or a buyer that's at a different place in that journey. Um, you know, we talk about states of awareness all the time, but we don't always market to the various states of awareness as people join our list. And it was it, it's something I've heard him talk about before, but um, going through it in depth with him, again, really just uh, open my eyes to the way that we need to talk to our buyers differently. And that went along with something that Linda shared, uh, you know, which is targeting people based off of the, the wise that they have in their lives, you know, and being able to talk to different people uh, you know, whether, whether you look at like Enneagram scores or, you know, Bre- uh, uh, Meyer Briggs or, you know, any of them, like, different people need different messages at different times. And the more we know our customers and our prospects, the more we can target those messages to them. So they get the right messages at the right time.
1: Yeah. And I, I also think about Kennedy's presentation and, and Linda's what you're saying about like, there are different types of buyers, different types of people who think in different ways. And I think about it in terms of launch email sequences, because that's what I typically work on. And so just thinking through, like, yes, you can, you know, check out Kennedy's score method. Great. Or you could check out Linda's why in her approach. There's so many different approaches, but the key is just to think about, okay, well, if I have someone who is more of a researcher and needs, has more questions, like what email am I going to give to them in this launch sequence so that I'm able to really speak to them and calm their nerves so they're ready to buy. And also like, what about that person who's more of a emotional feeler and more of an empath like they might want a powerful story so is there a story email in this sequence and is there another email that maybe allows for more personalization where it's allows for um, a reply and a conversation with a team member to answer questions over email and so I love that idea again from both of them like you shared about just thinking more expansively about our sequences, whether it's a 60 day sequence or it's just a seven day cart open sequence to think about how am I speaking to a wide variety of people with different beliefs and different um, stages of awareness and different ways of communicating and moving to the sale. And so that anytime I hear those talks, I update the way I run my launch sequences. And so, So useful, so useful to think like that.
0: Yep. Another speaker who's really impressive. He was just on the podcast a few weeks ago, it was John Biakovich, and uh, he talked about diagnosis. He op- his, his presentation opened with some stories, which is kind of unique. You know, we don't see a lot of people opening presentations with <laughs> stories. I did it last year at IRL when I talked about Oceans 11. But oftentimes, we just kind of jump into information or whatever. And his stories were so compelling. I looked around the room and see, he basically shared three different stories stories and then link them together as he launched into his presentation. And every single person in the room was like sitting on the edge of their seat, like everybody leaned in and uh, John didn't didn't, like that wasn't the point of his presentation. But like, that was a big takeaway for me. Just watching how people reacted to that uh, got me thinking, okay, we all know how powerful stories are. Why don't we use them more often? You know, as as we open up podcasts, for instance, or open up presentations in ways that maybe we haven't thought about using stories in the past. Uh, they're often, uh, again, a way to break that pattern and interrupt it and be a little bit different. And it was just a, a great way to get people leaning into his presentation, so that when he did share the information that he shared, we were all ready for it.
1: Well, it was it was the way he set it up, and this isn't the exact wording, but he he. Introduced uh, that he was going to share three stories and that they were going to be short stories and that they would be connected and so already that grabs our attention because we know they're going to be short and we're trying to figure out we want to listen to figure out how they're going to connect and it was really mysterious the way he shared it and he even put on a slide i think it was just a white slide in the background so you really couldn't see anything in the background and you could just kind of clear your mind and get lost in the story. And so I found it really powerful too. I haven't, I don't think I've sat through a presentation where there are three vignettes, you know, linked together to kick off a presentation. Um, it was, yeah, it was really powerful. Definitely something I want to experiment with. John also talked about uh, the, the power of diagnosis and finding the root cause of a problem and how that, when we do that as marketers, we're able to create a new insight almost like a revelation for our prospects. So they think differently, believe differently. And that's something that I think, you know, a good example is the Enneagram uh, diagnosis or even the Y diagnosis that Linda had shared at the event. But anytime people think differently about who they are or a problem they have or how they show up in the world and they have a terminology for it and there's some type of system Um, involved in the diagnosis that makes it believable to that person, it really changes the way they think and changes what the way they think about purchasing and the way they think about a unique mechanism. And so he talked a lot about the diagnosis. And that's something that I will add to my brand, what I'm calling brand insights book, um, just as part of that beyond what I typically add. I think that's something that we could add for our clients to help them speak to their, their audiences in new ways.
0: And I definitely, there's almost too many insights and, and things. I know we're going to leave people out and don't want people to feel offended. But I want to uh, call out Charlotte Davies, who is our opening speaker. And we had some technology problems where the slides just would not advance, uh, would not connect. And Charlotte was such a pro that she just went on with her presentation. Uh, without the slides, and this is something I think a lot of people could not do. If, you know, especially if you're just starting out as presenters. Oftentimes, we don't know our material enough without the slides to back us up. Uh, and Charlotte was again such a pro; she knew it. This happened in our very first IRL uh, with uh, Hillary Weiss, and she did the same thing. Like she knew her slides so well that she didn't actually need the slides. Uh, to give the presentation, Charlotte just knocked it out of the park. Talking about you know how do you network, how do you get the most out of an event, and uh, it's just one of those things that it got me thinking. Like, okay, anytime I go to present, I definitely want to show up with you know slides, not just what I've sent off to you know the event organizer or whatever, but I want to make sure that they're on a thumb drive just in case you know they didn't get the right slides right, and they're they're ready to go. Or I want to make sure that uh, I've saved them as a PDF. So that all the fonts are correct, because sometimes if you you know open up a PowerPoint in Keynote or vice versa, you know what happens is the fonts get messed up. And so having a PDF that preserves the fonts, um, but mostly just knowing your materials so well. That if something happens, you can continue on with your presentation. You don't have to, you know, worry about. Well, I, I can't, I can't do this without my slides. Charlotte was amazing and deserves a ton of credit for being able to do that. Uh, it just made me realize, wow, I need to practice more uh, when when I'm going out to present because I want to be that person who can talk about the material forwards and backwards, even if the slides don't work.
1: Well, and I don't want to scare, I feel like this is going to scare people just to not ever speak on stage because that's the worst case scenario, right? It's like, ah, I don't have my crutch. Uh, But I think what she did that was smart is she had her slides on her her iPhone. So she was able, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to diminish what she did was amazing and I respect her. She was calm and she just stepped right into it. But what she did that was smart is that she did have the notes in her phone. So I would say always have it in your phone or have a printout. At least I would take a printout because I'm old school like that. But I would have a printout. So just in case it all falls apart, you have something to guide you. So um, which I've never done. I've never taken a printout, but I probably would do something like that or have some cards just in case you don't have your presentation, your slides ready to go. So way to go. Yeah, way to go, Charlotte. That was amazing.
0: Yeah, it was, it was great. I also want to make one final mention. Um, Fina Charlson, who is our podcast editor, she came on Friday and talked about how copywriters can help podcasters. And, you know, it really stood out to me that uh, for copywriters who are interested in doing things like show notes and repurposing content from podcasts into things like lead magnets or, you uh, know, you know, other uh, pieces of content, blog posts, whatever, there's a huge opportunity there to pair up with a podcast editor who may have, you know, six or seven shows that they do editing for over the course of, you know, a a week and pair up with them as a potential partner where you can now start providing content content assets that go along with the production that they provide. Just another idea of how copywriters might get started in the world, or if you're interested in that kind of content work, uh, a a way for you to add value, significant value for clients who do podcasts.
1: I mean, it could go beyond even copy content writing. It could be as hands-on as more of a consultant if you want to take on even thinking about tools for podcasting, especially with AI tools. Um, There's so many different voice tools now you can use to speak in different languages for podcasts. And I think podcasters are left, like us, saying, I know there's so many opportunities today, but I'm kind of maxed out. I know I'm not tapping all these AI tools that could give me, you know, a broader reach, but I don't like I can't handle it right now. And so if you can swoop in and have knowledge of these tools and maybe just introduce them and assist with them or and be able to handle copy and content and grow the podcast and turn the podcast into a revenue generator by selling new offers like that sets you up to just I don't just to really stand out because not a lot of people are doing it at that level right now. It's a huge opportunity for all of us
0: yeah and of course we haven't mentioned all the speakers Alyssa burke has talked a lot about building your authority engine and what goes into that uh PETA, um talked about you know how to grow your business you know and with all the stuff going on uh, around us um she shared some really really great ideas
1: our I brandon I our brandon talked about ai um And so he talked about the changes that are happening in AI. And actually, it was interesting because his presentation, he created his presentation back in, I think he said 2020, for a contest we were hosting at that time. And he didn't have to make any changes to the presentation because what he predicted basically happened. And so that's where we are in the current state. And so he's just a futurist in his thinking and put that presentation together a couple of years ahead of time.
0: Yeah, it was, it was a great event uh, as always. And the feedback that we got, I've seen posts on LinkedIn, you know, people who are really appreciative of uh, what we put together, just being able to spend time together. We're grateful for those of you who uh, came and joined us. Uh, It was a lot of fun and we're definitely going to do it again.
1: All right. So as we wrap, I think we just want to hit on what we mentioned at the beginning of this uh, podcast is that the big event happening now is our annual planning program. I'm, I'm calling it a program. It's more of a sprint. And so that's going to be a high-touch group involved, and it's going to take place this November leading into December. So that you have a plan in place that's really clear with clear objectives, measurable outcomes, and behaviors to support that. That's laid out so it's easy to follow, and you'll have that before you even end the year, and you don't have to do it alone. You don't have to do it alone.